0: Okay. All right, let's do Parshas Kisavu. Parshas uh is most noted for the Tocha in the middle, which is the long, long list uh, of curses and whatnot uh, in Shishi, I believe. Um, it does start off with a couple other couple other topics. So you have the Mitzvah of Bikurim, uh at the beginning, which is a beautiful idea we'll talk about it a little bit. Um so it's something called Vidui meiser which is after the whole Shemitah cycle of all the meisros Truma, you know, Myser, Mayserisha, Shani. Uh after that whole thing finishes up, there's a there's a partial that you say in the Bhisamikdosh. Uh we talk about how the Torah keeping the Torah is Zhus, right? That Koshpro gave us the Torah um as you know, because we're a beloved people to him. Uh, there's something called the Brachos and the Klolos, which is uh, Moshe commanded Ben Israel to do after they crossed into Eretz Israel and Har Grizim and Har Eval. Uh, they're basically a very bit of a strange parsha where they would put six tribes on one mountain, six tribes on another mountain, uh, and do Brachos and Klolos. Uh, very interesting, where you have the long tohachah, and then you have one final pep talk uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu. So we'll talk about a little bit of it. it. Um, we we'll talk about Bikurim, talk about the tohachah a little bit. Um, and hopefully get ready for, right, slichos. Although you guys have been saying slichos for a month already, but uh, <laughs> we're, uh, us, us, uh, us white people are going to start saying sl- slichos <laughs> um, on Matzah Shabbos. Tov. Okay, so Bikurim, uh, the first part of the Torah talks about, the first part of the Parshah talks about Bikurim. Um, so there are a couple aspects just to, to talk about Bikurim, right? The, there's something called the hafrasha, which is basically you separate the first fruits when they start to bloom, um, that's really you know, you go out to the field, you tie a ribbon around it. Uh, you see some apples growing or whatever. Apples is a bad example. Let's say Shiva, Minim or whatever, uh, pomegranates. All right. So then, so you tie, you tie a string around the, those trees, those branches when the fruit actually blooms. So then you bring it to the base of the You bring the first fruit to the base of the And then you have this whole, string of psukim that you say found in the Suspasha also right? you speak out parts of the portions of the Torah talk about the Bikurim uh, a whole history of the Am Yisrael, right starting with Yaakov and Lavan uh, all the way through UTS Mitzrayim and thanking Yagosh Baruch for all that type of stuff so basically the idea of Bikurim is, is twofold as we'll, as we'll say in a second but the Ravan quotes that is two separate mitzvahs um, and you know bo- both the Afrasha the separating and the hava, the bringing uh, of the uh, of the bikurim to the bais Um and both of them are, crass, are classic, uh, you know, um, concepts in HaKar Satov. Uh Just like, um, let's say, by Bikur z'mazon, for example, right? The the entire concept of Bikur right? Thanking a Baruch he gives us all this type of food. No dilecha, we give you thanks. So mikir bikurim is also the whole idea is is. Uh, is rooted in Akkar Zetov, it's is very quickly. Um, uh, I heard many times from my Rebbe, Rav Yonison Sachs, that Bikurim is a very underrated mitzvah, right? even though we don't do it nowadays, uh, but Mitzvah Shem will happen uh, soon. Uh, for example, the Rashi, the beginning of the Torah, the beginning of the Torah, not the Parsha, but the beginning of the Torah, says right? It says, Barashas Barah right? Kosh Bar-a created right in the beginning. So the Rashi quotes the Hum over there that says, Barashas is a... What's the word? Contraption? That's not the word. Whatever it is when you can combine two words. What, what word am I looking for? I don't know. Whatever. Contraction? Contraction. Anyway, it says, the Rashi, that Bereshis actually means Bishvil Ratius. That the world was created for Ratius. The question is, what's Ratius? So Rashi quotes the Tanakhuma, the Medrash. And it says a couple of things in the Torah called are called Ratius. Bnei uh, Yisrael are called Ratius. The Torah is called Ratius. But Rashi cuts off over there, and the next example that the Talchuma t- gives, that the Madrush gives, is Bikurim, that Bikurim is called reishis, right? Um that Bikurim is called reishis. Uh and that, uh, I'm not sure if the Qu- Pasuket quoted is correct, actually. Uh, whatever I don't have a in front of me, but basically bikurim is called rachis. Also, the question is is very strange because I understand that if the world is created for the Torah, that I get. If the world is created for bnei israel that I get. But if the world is created for bikurim, listen, bikurim is very nice, but it's a very random mitzvah. Right? Why would the world be created for bikurim? So i really like to quote quote the ramban at the end of parsha's bo that the uh, the whole purpose of the world is liyeda is to know that akosh who exists and liyoda to give thanks to him uh, for everything that we've done and that's literally the concept uh, of Bikurim. right that's uh, when we recognize that akosh barhu is the one who is making the fruits grow that yes we put in the effort the you know you are to the fields you plant the trees whatever it is but akosh borohu is the one who brings out the fruit and a good crop so when we mark that off in the fields and then we come to the base of mikdash and we have this whole history of the jews thank you so much for all you've done for us that's literally li-e-do li-o-de. that's to know and to give thanks right that's literally the essence of the mitzvah so that makes a lot of sense why the world was created for racists because that's the whole point uh of the world's existence that we should recognize the kash baruch uh, and his hand in everything not just uh you know not just making nature grow but everything that we, we have in our lives and that's why the album counts as two mitzvahs, right? So two crucial ideas, two crucial concepts that uh, that we're supposed to do, right, to fulfill our mission in this earth, right? Again, either one of them, right, if you do them by themselves, there something is lacking. If you recognize that Akash Baruch Hu is in charge, but you don't really thank Him, you don't appreciate the things He's done for us. Right, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, so then. What, what, what are you really recognizing, and if you thank Gosh Baruch for all he 's done for you, but you don 't think that he's actually in control of everything, so you also you're totally missing the point, so both are intrinsic and both are crucial right? that's the whole concept of the Bikurim that uh, you know that uh, when farmers go out and they, you know they put in all the effort right but really we're trying to strike down the idea of Yotzim Yodi that I am in charge, really Baruch is in charge. We do the this one hundred percent, but is in charge of uh, of what's going on really. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, the concept that we're trying to uh, trying to bring out over here. Okay. Uh, within the same vein, right, part of the entire brikurim experience, like, like as I mentioned, recaps what happened to Am Yisrael in, uh, in Mitzrayim. Um, and one of the things we say over there, it's a whole thing, we actually quote it in the Seder, right, in the Haggadah. Um, but one of the things that we say is that when B'nai Yisrael had a rough time, so, Vanitzaka, the Hashem alo right, that they cried out. So, is says Hashem heard our voice. He saw what was going on over here, and he took us out of Egypt. So, the uh, Chavetz Chaim is quoted by uh, a lot of the Bali Musar, and, uh, and it says that he points out very fascinating. The Pesuk doesn't say that Hashem heard our tefillos. The right? says Eloshem. Right? We cried out to Baruch Hu, Hashem es Kolenu. And he says that he heard. The pasuk says he heard our voice, right? It seems, says Chavetz Chaim, that during an sorrow when they're in deep trouble, right, there's an idea to cry out, right, vanitzak, right, to right? 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 cry out. Right? It says Chavetz Chaim that's what kiviyochel caused the Kosh baruch Hu to hear. Right? And he says that yes, inochenami, you're correct that our tefilos are never unanswered; they're always valuable, but that's not necessarily immediate. And says Chavetz Chaim that saka crying out, right, in terms of like a, a desperate. Crying out inside of you, right? That is immediate. That gets answered immediately. Right? Melech Biderman quotes the Zohar. that a person cries out to a Baruch Hu. Right? It's in their hearts. Right? That's tzaka with the tzaddik. Zaka with the Zion is similar. It's crying out loud. That's literally out loud. Right? That's like you know you go to slichos and people are screaming. That's that's zaka and both of them are valuable. Right. Posik says that by Shmuel, right, after Shmuel learned that Akoshparku was going to strip shoal of, of, uh, of the kingship, it says, el Hashem kol he cried out to Akosh all night. Right. That, because that type of tvila is dear to Koshbarhu from a place of desperation, right? It's a it's a literal cry out for help. Right. That's what, and that and that gets answered right away, says the Khavit Kaha. it says by Mordechai, right? When Mordechai found out about the decree of Haman. He cried out a bitter, harsh cry, and sure enough, you know, a little bit after that, you know, the next day or the next hour, right? That's ready. You know, you had the whole plan in motion, right? Starting with uh, Esther going to the king, etc., etc. So this is crucial to kind of understand and realize that there are different levels of tefillah, right? Right, Especially when we're right before Rosh Hashanah and Slichos. But, um, for, for some of us. Right? And it's very hard to do. It's very hard to come to a place uh, of crying out desperately if you're not desperate. Right? Most of us, Bor Hashem, are not in a desperate physical situation. So for us to come and, and really reach deep into ourselves and cry out, whether it's inside or outside, um, and you know we can talk about whether it's appropriate to literally scream and cry out during sleep. I'm not so sure it is, but it could be that it is. But certainly inside, right? So, right? That's already on the, on the inside. That person should, you know, kind of try cry out. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Baruch Hashem, life is great. Right? In the bigger picture, right? Again, life is great. We all may have a little, you know, small little nitpicks that we're having a tough time. But historically, as I mentioned, you know, many times, life is amazing. Right? We are insanely wealthy compared to where people were 100 years ago. So it's tough, right? Life is Bar HaShem, right? Life is doing okay. So we have a hard time actually doing this. It says Rav Nassim Sufinko, how do you get to a point of tsaka? right? If you're, you know, things are generally good. So he says, beautiful, he says, fascinating, he says um, that really, if we really, 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 really thought about it, that each one of us is actually in a desperate situation, right? But only very few of us actually realize it, right? If we could actually truly appreciate and understand and evaluate our own Avodah Hashem, right, where we're holding, right, in the whole uh, you know Avodos Hashem thing, so we would realize that mm, things are pretty desperate, right? Things are pretty desperate, so. If we could try and think about that, right, then we would realize we're in a bad spot. And that's what we have to cry about, right? If you can't cry about what you're actually struggling with, and some people can, some people can't. Right? Sometimes it's hard to be like, well, you know, uh, things are not as good as I really thought they were. So that, that's hard. But something else that you can do is you can ask Hashem to help you realize. Right. People can cry out, ask Hashem, please help me feel more, help me understand, help me get more in tune with my avodah Hashem, help me daven better, help me understand the Torah that I'm learning better, and right. help me inspire other people. Right? If you can't feel it yourself, right? So it is, you know, you could you could probably get yourself to a point where you're quote unquote crying out, right, for help to be able to feel it. Right. I had a Rav uh, I used to uh, I admire, I still admire him very much. I used to say that I, that uh, the key to, you know, growth in Mishan Aleph, Shan really the rest of life, is first first step, you have to want to want it. It's not enough to want it. It's You have to want to want it. So, to help you to want to want it. Um, but that's that's the etzah that's the, you know without Akash coach park we can't even succeed we can't even do anything right? because you know daf market that says that we we couldn't overcome the etzah if our kosh barco didn't help us so we need to cry out right? and and we are unable to help we we're, we're paralyzed the sahara is so powerful and we don't really have the kingdom to overcome it ourselves right unless we get that help from a kosh Barucho. so that's what a person needs to cry out about certainly with is coming up Right and certainly throughout the Yom Ryan Davning. Uh and as your says, Urachim says in our Pasuk, right, that Akash what did he see? Right, what did Hashem see that caused him to take the Jews out of Egypt? So Anyenu, right, is Yor-Hayim says is the strength, is the Koch of the Yitzhara to weaken us and and make us not sensitive to the battles. Right. Amaleinu is the effort that we put in to fight the Yitzhahara, and the, the Lachatzeinu is the Lachatz, right? In Israel, in Israel, Lachatz is stress and duress. the right? Lachatzeinu is the stress that the Yitzhahara puts a person under in order to get them to sin. So, right? we cried out to Hashem, and says, Rechaim, Kosh realized, not realized, Kosh Baruch Hu, paid attention to and understood the fact that, hey, listen, it's really hard. Life's really tough when fighting the Yitzhahara, in that, in that sense, life is really tough. It's is super powerful. It, it weakens us, makes us not sensitive to the battles that we have every single day, and frankly, every single hour. And it takes tremendous effort to fight them off. So, Gersh right was sensitive to that, and that's what Ben Israel had to do at that point. That's how they were able to be zohar to leave Egypt. Um, I, I, my my Rebbeim I mean, and I'm YU and in eretz Israel, right, YU and YU. When I went to Kol and YU and, and, and Gross and, and here in up Mordechai, so. They had a machlokas about the about I had to interpret uh, machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban. Uh, how, as, as I think we've mentioned, and definitely in the seminar, I definitely mentioned it once or twice. Um, There's a machlokas Rambam Ramban. How many times a day you have to daven, right? The Rambam says you have to daven once, right? and the Ramban says you have to daven in an ace tzara at a time of need, the time when you're desperate. So uh, which is which of those two is more often, right? once a day or in a, a time of need? Right, right, which is the Khumra, right, as it's just to use Rabbi speak, which is the Chumrah and which is the Kula, right, which makes you have to daven more and which makes you have to daven less. So when I was in YU, Rav said that the Rambam is the Khumra, that to daven every single day is a Khumra. The Ramban says only when you're in trouble. How often are we in trouble? Not that often. So, okay, so the Rambam, the Rambam would in, insist, davening once every single day would make you, uh, uh, you know, have to daven more often. Uh, but here in Eitzhahar, Samara Bayim, and in the quarter of Briskorav, and Rav Yoshev, and, and Rav Miller. So he said, no, what do you mean? Every single day, many times a day, there's an Eitzhahara. Right, all the time. If you need parking, that's an tzara. If you're uh, struggling with your Eitzhahara, that's an tzara. That's a time of need. Well, you have to dive in all the time. They tell about the Briskorav that someone would come to him with a shaila And uh, you know, he would say a little bit of tefillah for him. Because he would be able to be sensitive uh, Shiloh, advice, whatever life, whatever what was going on in that person's life he's able to be sensitive to the person's plight and uh, he would say a little tzvilo, Hashem, whatever a right? short little, not like Shmon Esrei, but he would say a little tzvilo little because he was sensitive I was an eighth sorry, he thought it was a mishadadabin so that's our job, to ta- kind of tap into uh, the struggle that we're having uh, and analyze and see how much we need to cry out during uh, during slichos and yom Uh And if we don't feel like you know we're at that point, so we should try and cry out uh, to get to that point. Right? That's also very very valuable. Okay, let's uh, switch up, switch gears here and, and focus a little bit on the tukacha, uh because you know it is the majority of the of the of the parsha. We we'll see how uh, how. Uh, how, we, how it goes. We'll see We'll see where it takes us. Um, one of the, maybe the most famous line in the Torah, uh, it's okay if you haven't heard of it, um, is, And uh, mm-hmm. the Torah says, right, uh, in Ches, the Torah says, why do you get the Torah? Now, if you read the Torah, do yourself a favor, read the Torah, because I'm not sure if it really is appreciated how terrible it really is. Like, we hear about all of these things that Moshe said, and we read about all of the, these types of things that happened during the Chorban, and definitely during the Holocaust, um, and it, it, it doesn't register until you read, like, you know, mothers eating their babies, like, <laughs> and HaGosh Baruch raining down ash instead of water from the sky. Like, it's, it's, it's intense. It's, it's intense. Uh, so one of the psukim in the Taukacha says, the reason you're going to get the Taukacha is taras a shalo avadato asha mo kaka besimcha because you didn't serve a goshporho besimcha when you're happy uvetuvlav and the gladness of heart mero of coal when everything was great when you had a t- when you had a lot you know when you were good so the simple shot seemingly if you just read that and translated it seems to be that you get all this bad stuff because you didn't you weren't over the shava simcha right if you a sham besimcha and if you don't total that's a really bitter pill to swallow that's i mean listen, i know i understand that Shem wants us to be happy and all but like if i'm bummed out for a week that that's going to lead to the total and if i do a mitzvah on circus and i'm kind of like i shake the lulav and i'm kind of like not super happy about it i'm just kind of like whatever thinking about you know the lessons of the the esrog is the heart and the shidra and, the, and the, the lulav is the spine and Etc. if i just and i'm not like super happy though that's going to get me the Torah? that's intense so the first way of understanding uh there two, i think there are two main ways of understanding the puzzle We'll talk about both of them the first way of understanding is the cutsker ever the khasim uh, sofer uh and others uh, i think most usually quote, quote the name of the cutsker anyway so he says move they say that move the comma they say it's not that you get the tochcha because right again if you had the text in front of you I would I would draw it out. But plus it says Hashem Because you didn't serve a Gosh Baruch with Simcha. It says the Katskareb and the Chazam Zover, etc move the Kama. It's it, 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 what really it should say is Takah Kama. Because what are you getting the tohcha for? Because when you didn't serve Hashem, it was was It was It was happy. When you did Averos, you were happy. You were besimcha. Meaning, there are two types of Averos. And most of the Averos that that we do are ones we can't help ourselves. We have a Taiva. We have some sort of Yitzhahara. We're not sensitive to it. We don't realize. We didn't study it. We don't generally, generally, we don't generally do Averos besimcha. On the other hand, there are some Averos that we do do besimcha. Right? Like, you know, you get excited about it. You look forward to it even. Uh, if you straight up don't care, you look forward to it. That causes the Torah. If you venture, again, we're all fighting it too hard in a certain way. But once you venture from, all right, listen, the is too strong, or I'm not sensitive to this halacha, or I don't know enough about it, that it means enough to me. Once you move from that into like, oh yeah, I can't wait to have that cheeseburger. Right. I can't wait to I can't wait to you know use my phone on Shabbos, et and etc. So that's a perversion, right? That's a mockery of the whole system. That shows you don't really care about Yiddishkeit and Torah at all. Right? You just do what makes you feel good. Right? If it's a mitzvah, so it makes you feel good, it pads your ego out. Oh, I'm doing a good thing, so you just feel good about yourself. If it's an avera, it also makes you feel good, and you'll do it. So that point, in in a certain sense, there's no difference between mitzvahs and averos because all you're doing is following the Torah for selfish reasons when you feel like it. So that I can understand. That, I, that already, when the whole halacha system and the whole concept of living a life in a Torah way, when that's perverted to the point where you're looking forward to the Averos, okay, so that I can understand right, why you get the tocha. But that's not the simple p'sha. The simple p'sha is when you read the Pasuk, right, it sounds like that we get the tocha because we didn't serve a kosh b'simcha. So how in the world does that work? So the key is the last two words, the pasuk, pasuk says, "Me'rov kol, from lots of good, or lots of everything." But actually explains, "What does that mean? Be'od kol right? When everything was good for you, right? When things were good, you didn't serve Hashem with simcha." So, Kosh Baruch Hu brings upon the, the tochacha. So, what is that? How does that work? So, so again, as we've been studying, we've been, you know, if you definitely see if if you've been reading along with us, so. Well, what does Akash Baruch Hu want from us in this world? Right? Kosh Baruch Hu wants us to choose good. Right? He wants us to choose good over evil. The mitzvos and averos are there to define good and evil for us. that's right? first paragraph, Messiosharem, that you know we should choose good over evil. And everything a kosh Hu does right, is to push us in that direction. Right? Everything he gives us right, is you know is a nudge in the positive to hopefully help us overcome. And go in the right direction, right? If it's pro- we're living in prosperous times, so it's anisayon is a test to give and how you spend your money and how you spend your time. Do you do mitzvot? Do you do chesed? Do you give tzedakah, etc.? You know, there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a book that my wife likes very, very much by uh, Reverend Esther Young Rice, who just passed away recently. The book is called "Life Is a Test." Everything is a test. I mean, everything that Coach Baruch Hu does is to help us right, grow higher and higher. So. If Akash Baruch blesses us with prosperity, right, and we don't use it properly, Akash Baruch gives us meirov kol, we have everything, right? But tov, as Rashi says, when everything was good. And then we didn't, then, 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 then you didn't serve Akash Baruch Hu, so then Akash Baruch not as a punishment per se, but he's just forced to change things up. right? If that's not working, to get us, down the right path, if the prosperity and the, all the wealth and, the, and all the, stu- the blessings that Akash Barakha is giving us is not nudging us in the right way, so then Hashem has to try another method. Not because he's angry per se, I, the Torah definitely uses the language of angry, but Akash Barakha was trying to get us to the ultimate goal. If we're getting it when we're, life is good, then great. But if not, he needs another, another mes- method. And that method is when life is not as good. Right, when you're a little bit more desperate, as we discussed, right? You cry out to Agosh Baruch Hu. Maybe then you'll turn to Agosh Baruch Hu. Again, it's never zero to 60. Agosh Baruch Hu never just pushes the pedal all the way, but sometimes he needs to kind of like make a person, Rahman HaTzlan, God forbid, more desperate, so that he'll turn to Agosh Baruch Hu and, and, and cry out to him and realize Hashem's place in this world. So it comes out according to this that the tukha is not so much a punishment. It definitely is a punishment. But it's not so much a punishment as it is simple cause and effect. Right? Again, obviously, I don't, want to, I don't want to, you know, minimize it. It's definitely there. Are definitely aspects of punishment, but the entire point is to get us turned around. Right? It's a, simply a result of the other methods not working. Right? It's a, sometimes you need to shock the system. Sometimes you need to reboot the computer. Right? Sometimes people are so stuck in their ways that the only way to wake them up is Lo Is God forbid Chas Is to is to uproot everything that they know and hold dear. The easiest example we can give. Is what we just had with COVID right aside from obviously the threat of illness no overall hysteria but it was a complete upheaval of life and I don't know about you but the most disheartening and like unnerving thing for me was the sense that Akash Barco clearly was not help, happy with what was going on in the world Akash Barco clearly wasn't happy with us wanted us to change the way we went about our lives literally everything was uprooted that's what Chazal said was the truth about the... Well, that's truth. What happened about the Korban? Rev Soloveitchik points out, in uh, The Lord is Righteous in All His Ways, the first word of the Kinnos that we see on Tisha B'Av is Shavas, like Shavas. It has a connotation of suddenness. It, it just stopped. right? Shabbos suru, surumeneh. Right, that Hashem, just like Hashem rested on the Shabbos day right, and, and it, in an instant the Koresh Baruch Hu changed the day from Friday to Shabbos, from Koresh to, to, to Chol, so too in an instant the Bees HaMikdash was destroyed. Right, in the sense that even though the Jews were told that it was going to happen, right, no one really thought it was going to happen. So when it happened, it was sudden. It was all of a sudden like Yushalayim went quiet. And like normally a person is, is expecting a disaster, right? You have a, like a, a weather disaster or something. There's a hurricane, people are ready. Right? But the Hurba, no one was ready. Right, it happened so quick, right? Even Yermiel right? Even prophesized a million times that Yerushalayim was going to be destroyed. Didn't expect it to be so quick. Akash Baruch told him to go buy something for his uncle, and he came back. basically this was gone. But That was, you know, that was for. This. that was what what it was. And as Reb explains, that the korban was really just a, Akash Baruch was forced to shock the system because uh, Reb writes that the Jews would sin, and they would bring a korban, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, everything's fine now." So Koshboker had to eliminate right what kept them in the vicious cycle of chait korban chait korban chait korban. Like Koshboker had to just shock them out of their system because that's the way they were living their lives and nothing was going to stop. Right, even a ton of warnings from all these prophets. So, so that's what what the tocheh almost is. Um, and I don't know. We we can get a little a little bit. I guess it's a little controversial but certainly you have to say the same thing about the holocaust now again i don't want to i a disclaimer i am not one of those people who go around and say you know this is what caused it and this is uh this person they these people i'm not blaming the victim god forbid all the people who died were kedoshim and tahorim um the question is as uh, Raviggna Miller would point out is when were they tahorim? What I not is ready I don't, don't want we're gonna talk about it a little bit but I don't want to belabor that point what, what I'm trying to say is the outlook of a religious Jew is to look at the world through the lens of Torah and figure out what's happening and why things are happening right? again these are not I'm not espousing my own opinions right I'm simply right, this I can send you guys a link if you want in the chat right it's an article that's literally a transcription of Ravigna Miller's uh, you know, uh, opinion about the Holocaust. He was in Slobodka right, right before he was born in America. He was in Slabodka in the 1930s, and then he went back to America. He didn't flee; he just went home. Um, but he basically explains that uh, you know there was a the Jews in Europe without getting you know, I guess controversial. He, he explains that the Jews in Europe needed a shock to the system, that the the Haskalah had basically. You know ripped through europe uh and had destroyed jewish life now we think of you know i feel like unfortunately uh again i don't is it true or not I, whose account is true or whatever we kind of think of like europe as like everybody living in the shtetl everybody wearing straddles uh and you know this rosh shiva that rosh shiva revokhan of wasserman and all of a sudden hitler came and destroyed everything Unfortunately, it's not as cut and dry, and, and unfortunately a lot of religious Jewry had been destroyed already right, by the Haskalah and by all, all the secular, you know, pressure, etc., etc. So, but Ravik the Miller, again, I'm just literally quoting, I'm staring at it on the screen, so I'm just quoting it to you. Um, he basically explains how, you know, in a town like Slavodka, there on Shabbos, there were boatloads of Jews going, you know, smoking, going on vacation, you know, going to the islands or whatever it was, down the river, uh, Jews going to work. He said in, in Pinsk, which had 40,000 Jews, they didn't even have 10 kids to go to yeshiva. Uh, he said there were less than 10 boys who went to yeshiva from Pinsk. I, I, again, I'm not going to belabor the point. But it, he, w- he would argue that the Jews in Europe and Jewry in general, and the world Jewry, needed a shock to the system. Uh, you know, the Chachma, who lived in Tvinsk, and, which is nowadays in Latvia, he writes... That the Jews in Germany started calling Berlin Yerushalayim, right? So again, it it without getting any further into it, I and mean, we can definitely choose another time, but that was also, right? When you think about the Holocaust, you think about a complete uproot uprooting and a complete reset almost, right? I mean, without it's not almost, it's literally a reset button on Amisra. Whatever should never happen ever again. Right? And and this viewpoint is. Yeah, and I don't think it makes it less serious, but it, this is, I think, is the proper viewpoint that, that a kosh Baruch who wants to give us good. He wants to help us grow. But if we don't, so kosh Baruch has got to try different methods. Right? And this is a crucial lesson to understand nowadays because for us, life is good. Right? We are in the middle of that test of prosperity. Right? For many, many hundreds and thousands of years, we were tested in, in a different way. Right? And now, Coach Barco has blessed us with amazing wealth and amazing technology and amazing resources. And the question is, how we spend it? Right? Do we scroll through pictures of this prostitute on, on Instagram and this zona on TikTok? Uh, or are we downloading sheer apps and listening to Jewish podcasts and inspiring messages, etc.? Right? The, the internet and technology and the wealth that we all have, they're not negative or positive. They're just tools, right? nothing more. Right? It's just up to us and how we use them. And this is like this is literally what the Torah says at the beginning of the parsha. And right? the parsha says one of the things we say in the Bikurim, right? right? Be happy with all the good. Well, how how are you, how do you be happy with all the good? Right? You and the Levi. The Levi didn't have a portion of land in Eretz Israel. He needed to get gifts to survive. He didn't have a, a way necessarily to make his parnasah. Uh The Ger, a convert, for sure. People who are less fortunate, less. Privileged than we are, right? How do you spend your money, right? Are you are we grateful? Are we giving or not so much? So that's a crucial, crucial message to take to heart, right? Again, the Tokha is almost too scary, right? To, to to impact us on a you know on a on a deeper level, and also in, nowadays fear tactics don't don't work in in chinuch. like they used to maybe they used to maybe in different uh, you know yeshivas back in the day, but nowadays it's not it's not as relatable. But what we can relate to. Is that a Kosh baruch who wants to, take, to give us good in every single way possible? And if Rahman, the, that the, 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 the test of prosperity, which we're doing right now, right, doesn't hit the mark, so the Kosh baruch who just needs to try different means right, to get us in the right direction. So let's, uh, right. That's also I think also very heartening. Uh, also a little bit. It's a little bit inspiring because we know that Kosh baruch Hu wants to take care of us. Bottom line and no matter you know what he has to do uh so mitzvah, let's take that to heart and be thankful to gosh for the new sign of prosperity that's that's also bikurim right B- to be to recognize that G- god has given us this tremendous gift uh of this physical world that we're we're living in um and that we should thank him for it and that's literally the mitzvah bikurim and that's that's also kind of like the lesson that you see from this pasuk uh in the be uh to the uh uh, may rove alright have a great great Shabbos everybody and uh, we'll speak soon